All hail the king. LeBron James is the NBA's all-time leading scorer. (laughs) That is absolutely wild to say. It's hysterical. No human being that's ever walked on the face of this planet has ever scored more points in the NBA than LeBron James. Number one in points, number four in assists, and he isn't going anywhere anytime soon. LeBron James played in games officiated by Dick Bavetta. Dick Bavetta was born in 1939. That's before Mount Rushmore. And LeBron James recently played against Jalen Duran, who was born in 2003. Those two men, Bavetta and Duran, born 64 years apart, are connected by the longevity and majesty of LeBron James's career. 38,390 points and counting. But today, we're going to talk about points number 30,590 and 30,591. March 5th, 2018, LeBron is at home in Cleveland facing the Toronto Raptors, looking to take a commanding 3-0 lead in the Eastern Conference semifinals. The game is tied 103-103 with eight seconds left. The Cavs have the ball, taking it out full court. Kevin Love races down the out-of-bounds line and throws it to LeBron James in the corner. LeBron turns up the court with purpose, his gallop building. OG Ananobi narrowly misses a Kevin Love chip screen and shuffles to stay in front of James. Five seconds left. LeBron notices they're playing at different speeds and throws it to another gear just past half court. Three seconds left. LeBron crosses over from his right hand to his left and speeds past OG, dipping his shoulder into open space. Two seconds left. The King takes one last long stride and leaps off his left leg high into the sky floating as his body drifts toward the baseline, still 10 feet away from the basket. The ball works its way back to his right hand, extending high up into that Cleveland night. His aim constantly adjusting as his momentum carries him forward. His fingers flick off that premium leather as the ball delicately taps the backboard precisely where he aimed it and falls through the net without bothering the rim at all. As it touches the last fiber of that NBA net, the buzzer sounds, the crowd screams, and the king takes his throne. Good night, Cleveland! That is for you! LeBron James has scored a ton of points, but you won't find two more beautiful than those. Oh, and I made up what number of those points were. I don't have the kind of research to figure that out. This is First Ballot.
Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I am your host, Neil, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, the Luke Walton <laughs> Anthony Mason hybrid, the half Filipino, half Jewish Kendall Gill, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, big and tall executive suite desk chair in top grain leather. Today's episode of First Ballot could be sponsored by. The way Skip Bayless says the name OG Ananobi. Let's not waste any time. Let's not waste any time and let's listen to this together. OG Anunabi. Anunabi. No, oh my God. <laughs> Skip, it's An and it's OG Ananobi. Right. And, and that's the. OG Anunabi. Bro, and that's like one of the coolest names in the NBA. You can't fuck that the one up. The best. Right? And also, you're paid millions of dollars to like know things about sports. Just do a little bit of prep work. Right. It's Ananobi. Anunabi. Anunabi. Okay, Skip. <laughs> Skip, it's not well, making it up, buddy. Skip, you're you wrong. More Skip being wrong later today. Just one more time here for me and Dragonfly. Anunabi. Okay. Uh, special thanks to OG Anunabi's name for being a could-be sponsor of the show. We appreciate you. Actually, special thanks to the way Skip Bayless says OG Anunabi's mm -hmm. name. Never uh, heard anything quite be, like that. That could be the, the, the could be sponsor of the show. LeBron James runner against the Toronto Raptors in game three of the 2018 NBA Eastern Conference Finals is for sure a great sports moment. But is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We have to decide that today. And here to do it with me is one of the great thinkers on this planet today. I've said it for years now. <laughs> He's my favorite sports writer, and he almost doesn't even do that at all. <laughs> I love all of his takes on music, pop culture, black culture, and the internet. He's the greatest of all time on Twitter. One of the co-hosts of the very popular and successful Jenkins and Jones podcast on the Volume Network. And the very first guest ever on the First Ballot Podcast. Returning today for a second appearance, it's the lovely and talented, the quick-witted, the mighty, Dragonfly Jones. My man, my man. I appreciate it. Always happy to be here. You know you the homie. I appreciate you having me on, man. Love the intro, bro. You need to like roll with me, like just introduce <laughs> me everywhere I go. Like like when I walk into a Wendy's and shit. Like, like just lay that out for me. Uh, bro, and you call yourself the Kindle Gill, then you laud all those praises on me, man. Come on, you gotta build yourself up a little a little more here too. <laughs> no shots to Kindle, no, but I'm right there in that Kendall Gill lane. That's me. That's who I am. I'm uh, so glad that you joined us again. Oh, the show gets here, inf infinitely better when you're here. Thank you so much for doing it. You, we usually ask people to table set right out of the gate. You've already table set. You've been on the show before. Dragonfly likes basketball. He used to be a Knicks fan, but now he wanders the earth following his favorite player of all time, LeBron James. Yes. Which is why we're having him on today to discuss the king. Dragonfly, before we dive into our moment, can we talk a bit about today's NBA and how's it, how it's going? Who Who is your title favorite? Do you have one? Um, I don't. This it's it's we have seen such a wide open league, right? Like I have maybe no, more so than I've ever seen it. Right, right. I have like in in both conferences. I have no idea who's coming out the east. I have no idea who's coming out the west. You know, you could tell me the Nuggets are coming out the west. You could tell me, you know, don't sleep on the old head. You know, Warriors, they're gonna win the west, and I believe you. You can tell me that you know the, the Grizzlies might finally get their shit together and come out the uh, the west. I believe you. Um, you know, I think the 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 east comes down to like you know Boston, um, Milwaukee, and New Jersey, um, New Jersey and Brooklyn. And it's like, bro, either one of those, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the, win the East. So 
I have no idea who's going to win this season, and this is what all the parody folks want, and I, I am enjoying the season. It's been a ridiculous offensive output season, too, as well. Everybody is going crazy. So, yeah, it's it, I think there's some fun in, in the not knowing here because we're going to go back to a place in time when we talk about this LeBron shot where we knew damn well who was going to win it. <laughs> you know, we knew it. We knew it was the Warriors <laughs> Invitational, right? So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the suspense here. Do, now, why? Okay, so you didn't, you don't, you haven't submitted an official answer there. Then the question becomes, why didn't you say the Celtics, who are right now the number one team in the NBA, as of this recording? Um, why aren't you? Why isn't your answer the Boston Celtics? Because I still think that, you know, Giannis is a bad motherfucker. You know, you 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 come across him, and if if he decides that he's going to average forty that series, right. you know, like like like, what can you do with that? You know, um, fucking KD playing perhaps the having passed the best regular season of his career. You know what I mean? At fucking at the ripe old age of 47 or whatever he is now. It's just wide open. I have no idea, bro. Like, like I where know the, the handful of teams who can win. I do right, not have a favorite. Right. Though, you feel me? Well, where, where are the Sixers? You didn't say the Sixers. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. If okay, if okay. yeah, the Sixers have been ridiculous. Fucking, you know, Embiid has just been showing the hell out. Um if Harden can be, you know, 80% of the guy that he once was, they're going to be a problem. So, yeah, the Sixers for sure, too. Uh, do you believe in the Cavs? Do you believe the Cavs are contenders? I believe that – I believe the Cavs are one guy away. One guy, yeah. uh, you know, who who, <laughs> who who I thought would end his career there, who we're here to talk about. And, my God, they would be the t- – like, if Brown was on that team, they would be the title favorites. No question. I think that they're going to be a For tough sure. out. I think they're going to make, you know, um, either, you know, the Nets or, or, or the Bucks or, or, the, or the Celtics sweat for maybe six, seven games. But I don't see them going too deep, which is no indictment on them. It's just, you know, the other teams are just better. Donovan Mitchell has just been – unbelievably you know ridiculously good like yeah, you can say he's a first team all nba guy at the two this season so but he's been really great he's yeah i, I feel like i should i'm I, I feel like i give donovan mitchell no respect and he keeps performing well and i keep going i don't care donovan mitchell <laughs> but bro you got to come around like i was a guy who when when the trade happened i was like of course, this makes the Cavs better. I don't know how much better it makes the Cavs, right? Right, right, right. You know, I I, I wasn't a guy who was down on Donovan. I, I just I knew he was, a, you know, he's a baller. He's going to make your team better. I just didn't know how much more better he was going to make your team in. And the Cavs are looking formidable with him now, bro. As a LeBron guy, do you want him to finish his career in Cleveland? If you have a choice, you're you're you are Rich Paul, and you can steer LeBron towards going back to Cleveland or staying with the Lakers. What are you doing? I thought that that I thought that was going to be the plan until Bron signed that extension. I thought he was going to do one one or two last years with with you know yeah. Cleveland, you know fucking you know hometown send off, you know going away tour there. But you know he's locked in what until 2025 now I think. So yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's on the table, but um, you know someone pointed out that it kind of lines up with when when Brycey graduates. So maybe after the kids right. are out, you know maybe maybe you know. I, at fucking 42 years old when he's still a 25 5 and 5 guy right like maybe he'll take his talents elsewhere the ageless fucking wonder that he is but we'll see you have that great you have that great tweet and by the way i reference your tweets like fucking every other episode of this goddamn show <laughs> you're a writer for this show you get jack shit you get nothing i'm just stealing from you you have that great tweet about i don't remember when it was and of course i don't have it pulled up great research uh where you said what if LeBron is still LeBron after this Warriors title window closes, which was so insane for you to say at the time because it was like 
the Warriors are p- putting everybody to sleep for years. Right. And then they did, you know, with the injuries and the clay stuff, they did dip. They certainly came back this past year and won the title. But Braun is still Braun. Like, he's not who he was in maybe 2018, but he's still fantastic. That tweet is amazing to think about because it was right. You were right. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, that was just a thought I had. You know, like, Braun has been an ageless wonder, you know, his whole career. I was like, bro. Like, what if he survives this? What if he is the what if what if what if LeBron is the basketball roach after the nuclear holocaust that survives, you know, the fucking <laughs> atomic bomb that the KD Warriors were? And he did. He got his ring in 2020. I don't give a shit if you call that the Mickey Mouse ring or whatever. It's a ring. A ring is a ring. Kiss my ass. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? You do not fucking matter. Those professional athletes went out there and that's how the shit shook shut down. But but yeah, that was that was a, something I legitimately believed. People were calling me crazy, but I was like, bro, I was like Linus with, with the great pumpkin. I was like, bro, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. It was such a great tweet. And because I remember favoring him, being like, this is just crazy talk. Anyways, uh, let's talk about my Lakers for a second. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yes. Yes, they I are going to make the playoffs. Um, I think that LeBron and AD, when they're on their shit, they are still the best duo in the league. I wholeheartedly believe that. Let's presume they get – again, I'm recording this now, but I don't know when we're going to release it. Let's presume they've just gotten Ru, uh, Rui Achimura. Let's presume they get Boya Bogdanovich. Are, are they contenders? Can they can they get to the finals? Um. See, this is the part where <laughs> – this is this is the part where I feel like LeBron's – I don't like the stammering drag fly. <laughs> this is the part where I feel like the – the decline of LeBron, no matter how minimal it is, is evident, right? Because I yeah. feel like, bef- you know, I, I, even last season, when they put that roster together, I was like, bro, Bron yeah. has done more with less. You know, I they're know. going to the finals. I they're know. probably going to win it. And now it's like, I don't know. I I, I have to see now, right? Know. You know, know. Th- my thing about Bron is I think he's the, he's the GOAT for a number of reasons for longevity. I don't think anyone's been so good at so many things basketball-wise. I don't think we've ever seen a better scorer, defender, rebounder, passer, all in the same package. I don't think we've ever seen um, – um, you know, a player who 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 lifts the tide of his team more than LeBron, right? Like right, I, right. my my case for LeBron being the goat is he's truly the most valuable player we've ever seen in the NBA. Like you put him on a team and and he's gonna you know <laughs> get you fifteen or twenty more wins than that team should yeah. possibly have, right? Yeah. That's always yeah. been my stance. And I feel like you know he's still balling, he's still going crazy. He's what thirty eight and seven on this season, which is fucking ridiculous. But I feel like that is that is where the decline is probably seeping in. Is I'm not sure if he can do it with just anyone anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, because you look at you look at who he won sixty six games with in two thousand nine. Yeah, I know. Fucking thirty five year old Ben Wallace was starting, bro, <laughs> and he had those boys sniffing seventy, right? So yeah, I, I'm I don't think that Bron is is exists anymore. So that's where I'm concerned. It's it's one of the stranger compliments to LeBron James, the player, and to his career that the decline that we all now acknowledge is all of us saying. Well, maybe he can't drag a, a, a poorly constructed yes. roster to the finals. That is a wild compliment. A wild, right. wild, wild compliment. Right, right. Because, I mean, the roster that we're going to be talking about to, to today, like, dude, yeah. J.R. Smith is your number two? Like, you know? know? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I, you know the, the truth is, is going back and watching all of these, like, Cavs, LeBron Cavs against the Raptors highlights because I went back and watched a bunch of the the – of the playoffs before in that three-year run it really makes me as i'm watching makes me really question what the lakers are doing because it was just fucking like 
Tristan Thompson and shooters. And you, in theory, have AD replacing Tristan Thompson. It's like, just go get shooters right. and do this. Oh, my God. Right. right. Goddamn Lakers. Uh, the last question I have for you before we get into our moment. Uh, Wembenyama, where's he going? You have a, you have a prediction on where he's going, and do you have any projections for him in his career? Um, I think it's a it's it, it's a it's a crapshoot. You know, there's a lot of. I I think that Charlotte probably gets the most lottery balls. I don't know if I'd want to see him in Charlotte. I think that. Interesting. Yeah. You don't want to see I, him with Melo. Um, I. This kid is such a generational talent. I'm going to sound like an old man here, right? I'm going to sound like I'm 63 years old, but this kid is such a generational talent that I would want to see him in an organization like the Spurs or something, right? right. An organization that's going to, you know, that's not because because for one, there's physical concerns about this kid. A seven foot five right. guy is not supposed to be able to do yep. the shit that he does, right? right. So you're going to have right. to have some top notch medical attention for this kid, right? And and of course, and of course, there's the whole you know development of this kid because he is a basketball savant. You got to tap into that. You got to you know teach him. You, you know he plays smart basketball, but you got to you know kind of still kind of hone that still kind of sharpen that and i don't trust the hornets with that at all i do not trust i do not trust michael jordan with the with the greatest prospect that we have seen since you know lebron james 20 years ago so it really it, i mean you i was just going to ask and that is the answer when lebron came well for me when shaq came out and then in specific when shaq signed with the lakers I was like, oh, the Lakers are definitely going to win a title with Shaq. When yeah. Shaq came into the league, I was like, Shaq is going to win a title at some yes. point in his career. I didn't. I thought LeBron was very, very good, but I wasn't certain that LeBron was going to win a title. And that might just be by sheer uh, product of his mm -hmm. position and and the way the game was played at the time. Wembenyama being seven five, if he's healthy, he's the only other guy I've ever seen that I go. He should win a title, right? Yeah, I mean, because what what the hell can you do with the whole? Hey, I'm seven five and you are six seven guarding me. Oh <laughs> what what can God. you do with, with 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 when he goes to that old reliable? I'm just gonna shoot over you because you're a foot taller than me. Move, you know. So, so crazy. yeah, and, and 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 you know the 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 of course the offensive package is ridiculous. He got, he got the fucking KD, you know, user profile, yeah. right? Like and and the, but the defense. Oh my God, the defense! The way he can close out. The, there's yes. a there's a clip of him blocking a jumper, and he's I like eight it. feet away. Did you see that shit? <laughs> yes, he looks like Mr. Yes. Fantastic out there, bro. Like <laughs> where? How? This is the era we're in, though. We are in the era of the aliens, and this motherfucker it is from really, yeah. It, it it takes me back to those like crazy Yao Ming pictures. Like I mm. love those like borderline freakish Yao Ming pictures and women Yama same way you get these crazy ass pictures that you're like is that real did somebody photoshop that it's it's crazy he's gonna be a blast to watch I hope that he stays healthy I'm yes. super nervous for all the reasons you said okay let's dive into our moment we have to decide whether LeBron's runner makes the first ballot hall of fame to do that we have to go through our first ballot hall of fame credentials those are the categories by which we judge our moment the first credential, as always, analytics, the numbers, the stats behind this moment. Let me run through a couple stats here for you, sir, and you uh, comment as you see fit. Uh, game three, this was the game LeBron you know, walks off with his buzzer beater. Uh, game three, LeBron had 38 points on 14 of 26 shooting. That's 53%. One of four from three, nine of 11 from the free throw line, six boards, seven assists, three steals, one block, and 41 minutes. Cavs were the four seed which I didn't remember. Toronto was the top seed in the East, which mm -hmm. is insane to say out loud. 
The Cavs won game one uh, by one after LeBron scores four and blocks a shot to send it to OT. Cavs win game two by 18. Game three, this is here. This is this game we're just talking about. Uh, by one on LeBron's there buzzer beater. And then game four by 35. Over the four-game series, LeBron averages 34 points, 8.3 rebounds, 11.3 assists, 1.8 steals, and one block per game. <laughs> Thoughts on any of those stats, Dragonfly? Bro, it's um, I think we have I think we have to kind of set the scene on, on where we were in 2018 postseason with Brian, right? Please, please. Um, you know, it, it's it's always been you know a a point that Brian has taken every team he's been with to the finals, right? He took the his first stint with with Cleveland, they went to the finals 2007 versus Spurs, right? He goes right. to Miami, they go to the finals, you know, every year that he's there. He comes back to Cleveland, right. they go to the finals every year that he's there. But that 2018 team, like he took a whole different roster. True. to the finals, you know, that then he took in 2017. They pulled up some trades, you know, second half of 2018 after Kyrie dipped. They were like, bro, this ain't it. We're leaning on, you know, Isaiah Thomas to be our second guy, and he is not that guy anymore. And so <laughs> and so they kind of blew that thing up, and they brought in a whole new roster, right? And so I think that we might not give Bron enough credit for, you know, the carry job that he did, um, you know, uh, uh, the post-2000 – in, in the 2018 postseason, right? Um for sure. Because, you know, of course, I think we all, you know, remember, you know, the clown show that he put on against the Raptors. You know, we all remember the series versus Boston that came down to the final seconds of game seven. We all remember, you know, the finals, especially that game one, unfortunately, because of, you know, JR pulling off the biggest brain fart in finals history. But (laughs) (laughs) but I think that something that gets overlooked here is the opening round versus the Pacers when the Cavs were looking like food. Yes. Right, yes. like it, I think that gets forgotten as because that's one of the most impressive series of Bron really throwing the was. team on his back. Um, mm-hmm. They lost Game One of that series, which was like you know, the first time Bron has ever lost a playoff crazy. opener in his career, yes. which is no fault. Yeah, which which was no fault of his own. He went crazy. He had like a twenty-seven point triple double. He went crazy Game Two and had like forty-six points on like seventy percent shooting, and he had perhaps the most um, like the most untalked about, most underrated clutch moment of his his career in that Game Five. Game scores five, scores it? nodded at like like ninety five with like ten seconds left. Depot drives. Braun blocks, blocks him at the cup. Blocks yes. him at the cup. Right comes down and splashes a three from like thirty feet out to win the game. Right super clutch Crazy. playoff moment from Braun that rarely gets mentioned. So rare. You know, the, it, that, you're, I couldn't agree with you more. That is the biggest moment of his career that never never gets, gets talked, talked about. about right it never gets talked about and this and that series with the Pacers went seven and then Brown went crazy game seven hit him with a 40 burger had like 45 eight and seven I think right and so yep. and so the table was set this was the best Raptors scene we had ever seen they had won almost like 60 games I think I think they were at like 58 59 um you know um uh uh they had the coach of the year who wound up getting fired with with, with Casey <laughs> later um and, and, and so it was like bro this might be it this might be where where the LeBron you know tr- uh freight train stops and no it didn't it was a sweep Bron never sweated that whole series bro like it really it really when when the, when this playoff started I remember you mean you just set it up I because th- this was when Jordan Clarkson got traded to the team right yeah yeah I remember thinking I don't think he's going to get there as a four seed having to, you know, I, I sort of presume that he'd get out of the first round, although it was uh, agreed with you, a, a great series there with the Pacers. But I assumed having to go on the road and not having home court, I just assumed that he wouldn't get to the finals this season. And he, he was just amazing. Uh, there are 
uh, playoff game-winning buzzer beaters, there are uh, – LeBron has five of them, mm-hmm. the most of all time. Five yeah. game-winning playoff buzzer beaters. Jordan has three. Paul Pierce has two. Uh, Dame has two. JoJo White has two. 35 players have, have one. Uh, so LeBron has five of those, which – Again, it's it's the type that, that that's in, in a stat like that. That's where that Pacers game winner. Uh, you, you don't remember it you, for some right. insane reason. You just don't remember it. But you're absolutely right. The block and the and the three uh, at the horn, uh, fantastic from LeBron. Uh, I test. That's the next credential. I test. Dragonfly. What did you see in this moment as you rewatch it? What did you see in it that might add some weight and get this thing into the hall? Um, it was such a dickhead shot. And I say that as a compliment. It was such an asshole of a shot, bro. Like, the, and the thing is, the thing is, it had become a running gag now that Bron just does whatever he wants against the Raptors at this point, right? Because yes, 2017, yes. he busted their ass. He had that moment where he was about to drink the beer, you know, from, from the yes, fan and all that, right? Yes. So, so it was already a running joke that, bro, like, you know, the, the you know, the LeBronto jokes were flown. It's like LeBron yes. does not sweat at all when he meets this team. Like, it was a running joke at that moment, and that was such an asshole shot, a, a runner <laughs> off the glass. <laughs> <laughs> from like 15 feet out like who to win a playoff game like who does uh, that bro oh my god off the wrong foot it really was i was trying to think of words to describe it because as you i remember the feeling watching it live but on the rewatch you get time to go okay how does this how do i feel about this thing how does it make me feel and the two words that came to my mind were effortless mm-hmm. and elegant yes it's a beautiful basketball play. Like you see it and you go, that is absolutely gorgeous. And it's the effortlessness of it sort of kind of reminds me of almost like a gymnastics move mm-hmm. where you look at it and you go, well, that was cool, but you don't really understand it because and, unless right. you were to see like a bunch of like, you know, right. fat and, losers and, go out and, and try to and, do and so they thing. slow it down and you see that this right. you know person flipped eleven times. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Your right. your eye only caught it like twice. Yeah. But, but both of yeah, the gymnastics and, and, and that LeBron shot would benefit from watching from like me taping myself trying to recreate those moves. Because then you know, okay, that's a normal human being. And the people that did the you know, the, the gymnast and LeBron, they're they're not normal. They are uh, abnormal, they are insane. Uh, and it's crazy that they walk on this planet uh, alongside of us. Right. Uh, the other thing I want to mention in terms of what I saw, the Raptors don't leave the floor, which th- they're sort of sitting there because it was sort of like, uh, the fuck was that? <laughs> like, yeah. sort of like, uh, hold on, did that count? Like, did, hold on. Like, it was so, it was like, um, so it was so crazy that it makes you like question, hold on. So we just lost, and they stay there on the court as the team is celebrating, and eventually they go back. Like I'm used to seeing bad loss. I'm out of here. I'm in the tunnel. I'm back in the locker room, and they sort of hang out for a bit, which I think speaks to the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're probably shell shocked when you lose a playoff game with with a runner off the glass, off the wrong foot. Like, for yeah, that, sure. that's and you, and you know the thing about Toronto, they're such a smart basketball team. They play such high IQ basketball. Yes. And they're like, bro, how did we lost a playoff game to this backyard bullshit just now? You know what I mean? I, I think they were kind of just in shell shock. <laughs> While we're talking about visuals, let's go to the next credential. It's posterized. Any great lasting visuals from this? There is. Gregory Shamus, photographer, took this shot. It's really breathtaking. Have you seen this photo? Just an absolute work of art. 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, for one, the elevation here is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And, and this man had been playing 53 minutes per game this whole postseason at this point, you know, carrying the biggest load of his, you know, postseason career. And he still had the bunnies to just be literally head and shoulders above, you know, the defender. And then shot it on the hand. He, he, he didn't go to his offense who, you know, put his body between him and the defender. Shot it with the, with the hand the defender was at because he knew he was just going to sky over this guy. That really is that. That's a that's an yeah. amazing part of yeah. it. That I'm going so fast, and I know I have the ability the ability physically to just get up and over you, and I don't have to worry about you actually getting to this shot. Underrated part of this, and then his oh, face oh, looks. Oh, he hit the shot on 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 OG and and in the booby. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. We're gonna get. His his. <laughs> his face so relaxed he's and his eyes are like clearly focused on the on the basket just an amazing amount of skill fantastic picture uh the next credential uh ear test uh, uh, dragonfly let's listen to the call together tell me what you think some pressure yeah, here. And that, now the big thing is make sure you do not foul anybody here on the dribble it's going to be james sure. here it's it is see it's under it's three under seconds three. To go. throws up the floater oh, Uh, Hubie really mucking things up there at the top, but then Mark Jones, <laughs> Mark Jones really gets a, 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 the opportunity to shine there yeah. on that good night, Cleveland. That that's fantastic. Yeah, a, a, and I a, a little callback to the 2016 Finals, Cleveland. This is for you, right there. A little nod yes. to that from Mark. Yeah, love the call. Do you remember the? Have you heard the Raptors call? The Raptors feed of the call. No, I I, I need to hear. I need to hear the heartache on this. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> let me hear. Some, let me hear some hearts get torn out in real time. <laughs> Six seconds, James five seconds, James three seconds, off-balance shot, oh my goodness, James banks it in. <laughs> the, hope, the hope that was in that announcer's voice, off-balance shot, it doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner, dog. Like, like you, can, you can hear the hope, off-balance, you know, that's not a good shot, oh my goodness. We I've can't do anything with this guy. That's what that felt like. <laughs> I've never heard an oh my goodness that felt like it should have been an oh my god more. Like I it's with to me, you can feel the oh my god in that oh my yeah. goodness because he you're right. He for a second thought, oh, he's not gonna make this, and then it went in and he was just devastated. It turned on a trifle. Fantastic call. Uh here's the Spanish call. I liked hearing that. Ataca Lebron. Incomodísimo. ¿Cómo quién no la quiere? Los dejó plantados. <laughs> I love Spanish. It sounds so much better than yes. English. Yes. Uh, Ataca LeBron. Incomodísimo. Como quien no la quiere. Los dejó plantados. That was all uh, translated for me by Aurelian Cohen, Ernesto Cardona. I appreciate that. And apparently that loosely uh, translates to LeBron attacks. Uh, uncomfortable shot. Uh, uh, but it does it's like he doesn't care. They left him stunned, or he sort of left the, the mm -hmm. defenders planted. A, a great call there by the the um, Spanish uh, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, I don't feel like this moment. This is rare that I say this. The visual on this play is so outstanding that the call is certainly additive, but almost not necessary. Like I feel like yes. I could make the call on this thing and everyone would still be a, 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 completely agog over how amazing it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for sure uh, you have to see how ridiculous this shot is 
type of shot, yes. right? Like, like you know, if you hear the MJ call when he, you know, hit, hit the finals winner in '98, like you hear it, you see it painted out. You yes. do not, you do will not hear how absurd this shot is. You need to see it. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's a great ad. A great point. Uh, the next credentials are test of time. This is when we compare this moment against other moments like it in history. There's a number of great shots. Anthony Davis's bubble shot over Jokic. That's a personal friend of mine, uh, favorite of mine. I'm the world's best Lakers fan. I'm not the biggest. I am the best. Um, OG Ananobi. Uh, uh, Anunobi. OG Ananobi. <laughs> it's the, that that great bubble shot over uh, the Celtics. Yes. Do either of those bubble uh, game uh, playoff buzzer beaters, e- either of those compete with this this runner from LeBron? No. No, um, they were all <laughs> phenomenal shots within their own right. I especially love love the, the AD shot because him and Jokic were going at it, you know, you know, toe to toe, you know, in the yeah. last moments of that game, and it was just, you know, I was like, yeah, this is basketball right here when I saw that shot. But <laughs> but, but but like I said, it, it all goes back to to kind of you know how how everything was laid out for Bron that postseason. We thought that you know the Raptors were probably sending him home, and he had the easiest series of this postseason against you know the, the number one seed. Right? <laughs> we it, it was just it was just absurd that, that again LeBron is fucking you know owning the Raptors even after they're having the best season in their franchise's history. Let me go through the, this list of other playoff game winners uh and see just let me toss a couple out to you what about oh what about luca's three-pointer that was also the bubble as well luca's bubble three-pointer on the clippers loved it i love i loved luca's because um you know that whole po- uh, postseason especially you know that bubble postseason we had we had the whole uh montrez um uh, beef with him yes. <laughs> where, where, where he was you know where he called him a bitch ass white boy and shit and luca <laughs> just went out there and balled out right so i love really that did. uh postseason um you know, I especially love the postseason um, performance that he just had against the Suns, where he was like, everybody talks shit when they're up. Oh and then God. King went out there and closed those boys out. Luca, <laughs> bad motherfucker, man. I love some Luca, bro. <laughs> that picture of him staring at Devin Booker, well, that's like an immediate, like, that's in his. Uh, that's in his personal brand forever. Like you yes. will, all, I will always remember that. Still, that image of him staring at Devin Booker. That was fantastic. Uh, what about? Uh, uh, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce hit one for Boston. He also hit one for the Wizards. Dragonfly, I cannot tell you how happy it makes me that Paul Pierce had to bum around the league in his final few years. I enjoy it so much. Yes, I imagine as a Lakers fan and Celtics hater that you oh very my much God. enjoyed that man being best. a man out of country. Yeah. Him, Bob, just, him just bouncing around the league. You know, he, again, he hits a game winner, a playoff game winner for the for the Wizards. But who cares? Yes, the, the, to me, he, he he's the guy that shit his pants during right. a game. Do you remember when he shit his pants during a game? <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's kind of roundaboutly admitted that. Yeah, the the, the, the poop theories are right, bro. I, I, I had to you know go go drop the kids off at the Super Bowl, but um, but he, but you know what? I did love I did love the quote after it. About that, um, um, you know, you banked it off the glass. Did you call? Did you call bank? I call game. I was like, that's a great lie because you, you <laughs> well, did not mean good, to bank I, that motherfucker. I will, but that's I a cool ass lie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm removing my hat. Hats off to you for that line. That was a cool line. But also, you told the country that you crapped your pants during a basketball game. I, yeah, there's that. I, I, that's beyond me. I'll never understand that. The next submission is the moment we talked about earlier on. Uh, LeBron being the Pacers, he blocks Oladipo and then makes the the game winning mm-hmm. three pointer. Let's listen to that. Oladipo makes his move, drives to the rim, oh, it's blocked by James! Tie out Cleveland! 
And with three seconds left, Cleveland triggers in. James, two seconds, one second to the win. LeBron James delivers. The next, the next submission. Game four, 2015, one and a half seconds left. Deep in the corner, he follows Derrick Rose's uh, bank three-pointer the game before with his own buzzer beater. We actually refused uh, that moment's entry into the first Bell Hall of Fame. We did that episode with Ernest Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Derrick Rose banks in that three-pointer in the playoffs. The very next game, LeBron comes back and hits his own game-winning shot deep in the corner here. Let's listen to that. James for the win. It's gone. LeBron James at the buzzer. Stuns the Chicago Bulls, and the series is tied at two games apiece. What a finish here at the United Center for the second straight game of buzzer beater. 2013 Game 1 Eastern Conference Finals. LeBron, 30-10 and 10 triple-double. Indiana's up one with 2.2 seconds left. So LeBron waltzes through the lane. Battier gets it in. Here's James on the draw. And then maybe his most famous playoff buzzer beater, 2009 Eastern Conference Finals Game 1, Orlando's up 95-93, one second left. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! As the Cavaliers have pulled out to tie the series and what a miraculous shot by James! Now, all of those moments could make the first Bell Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that we can't have more than one. But if we have to choose the best one of that five, what's your answer, Dragonfly? This is tough. It's, it's between this and the end of the 2009 shot, right? Because I feel like the 2009 shot was really important because I feel like that's right around the time where the whispers of, you know, mm-hmm. the joke, uh, you mm-hmm. know, do it when it matters. That's right about the time those whispers started getting mm-hmm. a bit louder, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, as, as, as a guy, I, I became a bronze stand game five, 2007 versus the Pistons, 25 straight, you know. Amazing. That was the moment. You know, I always loved Bron, but that was the moment I was like, yeah, this is the guy right <laughs> so 2009 holds a special place to me because i was like yeah yeah you, you know that was one of the first you know shut the fuck up about lebron moments for me as, right. as a lebron fan right 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 when the, when the hating whispers started but but i don't know man i still have to go with the toronto shot I, I think it's just like i said it is just so ridiculous it is it is hilarious <laughs> it is disrespectful it is a massive feat of athleticism of touch of of maybe a little bit of luck I just think that that yeah, I'm, I'm probably going with, with the with the with the Toronto shot here. Not that it matters, but I completely agree with you. Perfectly said. Thank you for your answer, uh, Dragonfly. Before we get to an extra credential, I want to ask you just a couple questions about your career. Uh, I've been following you forever, right? I, you know, as I said in the uh, in the intro, and as I've said on Twitter and on this podcast before, your tweets don't just make me laugh; they make me think. That, that's what I love about your writing. And again, I only read your writing in 130 characters at a time or something, <laughs> but it's it, they always make me think, I think you're a brilliant writer. What are your career goals? What do you want to do with your career? Why haven't you written a book? Can I pre-order a Dragonfly Jones book so that someone will give you a book deal if you don't already have one? Yeah, man, much appreciated, first and foremost. But um, 
you know, I'm, I'm having fun just just talking with my homies, bro, on Jenkins and Jones, right? Like those are my legit friends. My friends are fucking ten years, just about, right? Mm. So I'm having fun doing that. Um, I did some writing here and there. If you want to Google like the shit I did with SB Nation, I did some shit with Bleacher Report too. But um, I'm a dude who I only get the writing bug like maybe once or twice a year, right? I can never be a consistent writer. I, I just do right. not have it in me to crank out three, four, five articles a month. That's just not that's just not how I'm wired. But but yeah, um, like I said, you know, I want I just a Dragonfly really, really... Jones book. I want you to this. I'm I'm saying this right now, and I'm going to predict this. I want you to write your take on LeBron James's career, and I like I don't want you to cover like the information i don't want you mm-hmm. to give me like lebron's at 18 lebron graduated from st vincent st mary's right, right. i don't want that in chapter one i want your opinion of lebron james as he came out of of st vincent st mary's what you thought he was going to do what he became i i don't want any like raw numbers information i want all of your opinion on him and his career i want that it is i'll buy this right now i give you good <laughs> american money for that book right now that's what you should do yeah. That that's a super interesting um concept because you know, Bron is Bron is a guy who who was, you know, I, I think for our generation, he's the first, you know, high school to, you know, superstar, you know, pipeline guy that we've seen. Right. Like, um, you know, we were aware of guys like, you know, Stefan Marbury in, 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 in high school. We were aware of guys like KG in high school. KG is a phenomenal player, first battle hall of fame, one of the best we've ever seen. But we this Bron is our Kareem. You know what I mean? It's 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 a whole different tear there. So yeah, yeah, that is something interesting. You know, to kick around there. So. I'm telling you, that would be by. And I googled this recently. How many books you have to sell to be a New York Times bestseller? It's staggeringly low. Like you can't believe how low it is. It's a very. Low, there's no chance you writing about LeBron James's career at some point. There's no mm. chance that's not a New York Times bestseller. There's no chance you're following. I I'll buy five copies myself. I'll give them out to people that I like. <laughs> you got to you got to write this. It'd be so fantastic. Tell me how Jenkins and Jones is going. I love the podcast. You guys are so funny together. Uh, tell me how the show's going. It's going great, man. Shouts to uh, Cowherd. Shouts to the Volume Network. Great group of people we got around us. Shouts to Jackson, the best producer in the motherfucking world. Um, it's it's fun. It's it's really really fun. We've like I said, we've got a great you know supporting cast around us we got people who understand that you know we might be on some different shit but they let us be on our different shit so so you know that is greatly appreciated so you i saw you got you read that that fake ad that they set you up to read that fake ad and you read it (laughs) uh if you haven't seen it go to their social it's it's all there it's very funny and what the reason i'm bringing it up is to say it completely lays bare how much of a shill Dragonfly Jones is. He will read anything you put in front of him about any company. So, A, that's, you know, and yes, is does he, is he bought and sold 100 times over? Yes, clearly. But also, if you want, if you want to promote your company, go on Jenkins & Jones. Yeah. Dragonfly Jones will read anything they put hey, in front of him. You, you, you cut the check, man. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so wild. They, 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 they said that, um, I got word that they – you know, personally requested me to read it, right? It was like some shit I volunteered for. I was like, bro, I drive a, t- a 2002 two-door Cadillac, right? Like American V8 fucking, you know, three miles per gallon, and you pitching me on a, you know, a 2023 family SUV, but, you know. Uh, Dragonfire, the next credential is our MVP. That's the most valuable part. I'm, we're not going to do the most valuable part of this LeBron runner, 
because the, the most valuable part is him taking it off the wrong it's, foot. It's, yeah, know, it's the audacity, left. right? Like full, yeah, full speed. The audacity of that is clearly the, the MVP of it. Yeah. I want the most. I want the most valuable part of LeBron's case to be the greatest of all time. You believe LeBron's the greatest of all time, but you're also old enough to have watched and enjoyed Michael Jordan. Yeah. I am as well. Why? What's the most valuable part of your case that LeBron is the goat? Like I said, we've never seen someone this good this long, for one, right? Like, we've got consistency there. We've never seen someone who was so good at so many things. We've never seen a, a better package of scoring, of defending, of facilitating, of rebounding in one player. The dude is Carl Malone's size and can, you know, and, and can facilitate like a point guard, right? Like, I think that he is perhaps the second best non-point guard passer we've ever seen. I think Jokic has unfortunately taken that crown. That was a bullet point that I hung on in my LeBron go case. I think wow. it's, um, it's I, I think it's Jokic, Braun, Bird for the best non-point guard passers. Um, I think that, I think that here's here's the play that I always point to when people ask me why I think LeBron is the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. Please. 2013 finals versus the Heat. Um, uh, motherfucking uh, uh, Tiago comes down and tries to dunk. Right. Bron right. blocks it. Yes. So he blocks a center's dunk. <laughs> he runs down, right? He gets the ball. He zips a no-look dime cross court, Ugh. you know, to Ray Allen for a three. Right, so uh, we already got a guy who blocked the center trying to dunk, who zipped a no look cross court dime. He comes back the other play. He picks off Tony Parker, uh, and 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 he you know gets the dunk at the other end. So we see a guy who blocked a center's dunk, Ugh. who zipped a no look dime cross court, who then comes to the perimeter and picks off you know a point guard for for a dunk. Who the hell else can do that? Who? And I've seen so many, <laughs> so many freaks, so many, uh, you know, ridiculously athletic, ridiculous hoopers. But that's the play I point to when I think that when I'm like, Bron is the best because we've never seen a package in one guy who can do all of that shit. That is uh, devastating evidence. I'll be honest. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the craziest thing LeBron, about LeBron, and you sort of mentioned this about the block and then that zip pass over to Ray. His ability to control a game and not score is up there with mm. anyone. And then also, he is going to be the greatest scorer the NBA has ever seen. That's insane. He has got yeah. to be one of the like top two or three guys that have ever affected NBA games without scoring. And he's also going to score more points than anyone. That's wild to think right. about. Your response, if I say to you, and again, I'm, I'm studying this and what you say, because if I decide to come to your side of the fence here and say LeBron's the greatest, I want to be able to use the words that you're putting in my mouth. So what is your reply if someone says Michael Jordan never lost in the finals, 6-0, and won all six titles he was up for? How are you countering that? What's your argument against that? How do you attack that premise? The man never won a playoff game without Scottie Pippen. Like, not a playoff series. A man legit never won a playoff game without <laughs> Scottie Pippen. He is 0-9 in playoff games before Scottie Pippen came along. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 and, and, and you know, people kind of, you know, dang Braun for, you know, coming up against <laughs> – against what what is the greatest basketball team I've ever seen in my life with the Golden State Warriors. They're like, oh well, well MJ winning of, you know, taking three losses in the finals, you know, to the to the to you know, to whoever. Okay, well let's talk about what, what happened with the Pistons. Let's talk about how he's one in three all time yeah. postseason against <laughs> against the bad boys. Let's talk about how the bad boys sent that man home three straight postseasons. Let's talk about that. Right? So <laughs> so yeah, it's 
<laughs> and 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 look, man, like, like you said, I'm old enough to have seen MJ. MJ yeah. MJ was my goat for you know like 20 years and until like the 2016 finals. I was like, bro, we never yeah. seen anyone like this. That was when yeah. I converted over to yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's when I when I converted over to being a bronze stand to being a bronze is the goat guy <laughs> after those 2016 finals, bro. That 16 finals is if you watch it now and like like I was just watching highlights from that series in preparation for this, and you watch it and go, "What if this didn't happen? What if he didn't win this? It would have been really a different argument." That's how mm. momentous that championship yes. was, is that if he didn't win it, you, you'd you be on much looser footing in terms of saying that LeBron is the greatest of all time. Because he won that, I think you you ha- if someone says LeBron's the greatest, you have to listen. Winning yeah. that title and beating that team, you got to listen. Yeah. it's Listen, all rings matter, but some rings are a bit heavier, that's and that's it. the heaviest that's ring it. ever won in our lifetime. Yeah, I, I, Easily. That, that is hard to disagree with. Hard to disagree with. Who's the better defender, Jordan or LeBron? Um, I think Jordan's the better on-ball defender. I think Bron is the more versatile defender. I think you can throw Bron in the post. You couldn't do that with MJ. You throw, you throw, you throw MJ against Carmelo. Carmelo's getting forty. You know what I mean? Ooh. You, are, you. It is clear you have done this. It's clear you have thought this through. You are ready for this debate. I love everything you said. By the by, I, I don't want to let this slip by. Everyone would look at Scottie Pippen and go, "Well, Scottie Pippen's only great because he played with Michael Jordan." And you were flipping that on its head and going, "Michael Jordan never won a playoff game without Scottie Pippen." Mm-hmm. A stat, by the by, that I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, Scottie Pippen. Shouts to the to, to you know to 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 Krause and to the to the Bulls scouting uh, scouting team because they found a gem with with Pip, right? Yeah. Scottie Pippen is the he is the prototype of the type of player that you want to be your franchise player in 2023. He is a point forward who is who can lock up on defense and can facilitate. That is what you want on your team to be your franchise player in today's yeah. NBA. And they found that guy 30 years ago. You know what I mean? So so yeah, Pip Pip gets slept on. Pip is underrated I think to a degree because I think that of course we you know diminish him to, to hype up Mike, but Pip was a, was the future, bro. He was the future. Like I said, a facilitating, you know, uh, a point forward who could lock up and, and, and could pass and, and, and could score. Like, that is the guy that you want on your team in, in today's NBA. My most underrated rankings um, in no particular order, Scottie Pippen, Tim Duncan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. To me, those are the guys mm-hmm. that are the most underrated um, that I've ever seen. All right, next credential, you mad. Rob, play my camera on clip here. You, you mad, you mad, you mad. Thank you so much. Uh, I love it when someone's mad. I love it when someone's mad about a moment. Who was mad about this moment? Dwayne Casey took it really well. Uh, uh, Kyle Lowry, the uh, statesman as always. DeMar DeRozan, uh, deferential, respectful. Who was mad about this? Let me play you something. The only good thing I can say about the shot that he made Saturday night was it went in. I give you that. I can't take anything away from you, but I... I got ahead of this. If you look at my Twitter timeline, I wanted to see him for once in his life just attack the rim. They had taken Ibaka out of the game. I don't know why. And he is being guarded by a rookie. OG Anunoby is Good no defender, though. I don't want to give Skip Bayless a ton of time here on the show, but... 
what the fuck is he talking about? Why he, he he's I went and looked at his Twitter. Let me just read through his tweets and then I want all of your your thoughts on Skip and what he's saying here. I went through his tweets. I went and found the tweets from 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 that night from the game yeah. live. He tweets just before the play. This is where LeBron should drive it and shoot free throws if need be, but he'll shoot a jumper. That's what he says before the play. Then the play happens. His first tweet says, I can't argue with that if, in fact, he called glass. And then two minutes after that, he tweeted basically the same thing, which I get it. Everybody's tweeting. I've been in this spot where you're like going, I've got a good tweet. I want to get this, make sure this one gets off and gets me some numbers. He tweets two minutes after the first, that was clutch if he actually aimed for the glass. Like he's trying to lay this track work that maybe he wasn't trying to make this. Your thoughts on Skip making the argument that maybe LeBron wasn't trying to make this shot or maybe he wasn't trying to bank it rather hating clouds your judgment that's something that we all knew like i I mean we think like the biggest what if of bronze career is what if draymond didn't foul him on that dunk you know in in game seven right (laughs) like like if if brown would have dunked draymond through the earth to to lock that game up like it would have been a whole (laughs) different story and the thing is he went to the line and hit the hit the shots that locked the game up we never talk about that because free those aren't as sexy as you know last second game winners or or you know dunk on somebody to lock a game up but i mean and, and you know i mentioned like 2007 game five versus the pistons that was the moment i became a bronze stand and, and i think the most famous bucket of that run is when ty sean prince jumped and then midair was like holy shit uh. what the fuck am i doing and like hunched <laughs> over you know what play i'm talking about and, yes, and, and, and bron jammed that shit down so bron always <laughs> attacks bro he attacks when it's a smart thing to do when, when, when he's got the lane he didn't have time you know there was a defender's clog in the lane there so he got the a, a, a shot off that was you know absurd in this difficulty but it dropped and so here the fuck we are uh uh let's press conference any great quotes from this yeah kyle corver kyle corver said quote i ran out of words a while ago i've seen him shoot that shot that game winner countless times when he's messing around and shoot around in practice it's always like why would he shoot a shot like that to win a playoff game apparently so this guy has practiced that shot. Kyle Korver saying this way before Skip Bayless is sort of, you know, uh, trying to lay the track that this was uh, just a lucky shot. Going back to Skip's Twitter thread, uh, he writes, what I can't understand is why LeBron James guarded by a rookie would settle for about as difficult a last second shot as he could take. And I, I, I want to be like, he's so you're, argument is that instead of taking the most difficult shot he could take and make it by the by you had wished he had shot free throws instead that somehow adds to his credibility that if he had shot a free throw that would have been better than making the most difficult shot he could have possibly taken whatever it's it's bullshit because like i said if if you know getting to the line to lock up a game is is you know your your end all be all here you'd have given him process for doing that in 2016 it's all bullshit. Like, he's really penalizing this shot for being too cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like what are we doing here, man? He is insane. I don't get his pro- I don't get his deal, but here he is talking about OG Anunoby once more. OG Anunoby. <laughs> LeBron has a step on Anunoby with the right hand. I mean, he, he kept saying he did it, it multiple whole, times. Holy oh, shit. the whole episode. He just kept saying it and saying it. Just one last time for me. The next credential, Twitter fingers. Any great tweets about this moment? Of course there are. The Raptors tweeted 139 blood red angry emojis. Shabazz, <laughs> 139. Com- 139. I count them. 
Shabazz Khan tweeted the clip and added the Drake song or that Drake snippet, turned the O2 into O3, which is fantastic. Uh, Bradley Beal tweeted out, shot hurt my heart and we ain't playing, which is wild to think about players like, you know, empathizing with the with the uh, Raptors. Dirk Nowitzki wrote, tough shot makes it look easy. And I, that, I can't get over how easy it looked. Um, you tweeted, and that's the, by the way, every time I do Twitter fingers, I just look for Dragonfly Jones tweets <laughs> on whatever moment we're talking about. Here's what you wrote about it. You wrote first game Braun hits the shot to take, o, uh, to take it to OT after being down like 15 game two, Toronto might as well have been contesting Braun shots with brooms because that shit looked like fadeaway day with Braun and his trainers. Braun. And the third game Braun hits a game winner, uh, runner off the glass, just rude, the, the 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 game two fadeaways, those six fadeaways in the, game two are they nuts. were I I have never seen fadeaways have an arc like that. Like I would remember that game though he they those shits would have like hit the the rafters the way that yes. that, that Brown was launching them. The arc on those fadeaways was just so ridiculous. I remember thinking like, bro, is this what you know thirty uh, eight year old Brown is gonna look like? And thirty eight year old Brown still looks like thirty two year old Brown, so we're not there yet. And it was like, yeah. That game and game one. Funny thing about game one is during regulation, Toronto never trailed at all during regulation. Like even when it went to OT, that was the first time the game was was tied. And Braun still pulled a win out of that. Like I just I just don't know how you just don't feel defeated after that and after you know that game one, the game two you can't do a damn thing with him. Then game three he hits that shot. Like it's it's just crazy. The the. Uh, the the those fadeaways like i've seen a crazy fadeaway that like borders on the edge of like circus shot you see it you'll you've seen like one in a game and you go oh my god that was crazy he made that shot do you remember that one shot but like do he did that six times <laughs> yeah. it's really nuts uh another great dragonfly tweet every team took cleveland to seven this postseason except toronto and they got swept remember in indiana jones when that dude with the sword was doing all the sword turling and shit <laughs> And Indiana Jones just clapped him. That's how Braun did the Raptors. That's, a dragon That's exactly <laughs> how he did it, bro. Like, he was sweating every series in the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs except for that Toronto one. That was God a walkthrough, damn. bro. Uh, the last Dragonfly tweet. Uh, Raptors drafted DeMar in 09, hired Casey in 11, picked up Lowry in 12, have made the playoffs every year since 13. This is a team that has been building towards this moment for almost a decade. And Braun swept them with some dudes he's only played thirty games with. The goat. I mean, I mean, what else needs to be said, bro? He is nasty, just nasty. Uh, the X Factor. Everybody knows what an X Factor is. That's our next credential. Dragonfly. Do you have any X Factors that might uh, give this moment the extra push it needs to get into the hall? Um, I think it. You know, it goes back to how Braun just never took these guys seriously. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, I think about the whole, you know, beer sipping incident in 2017 when he, yes. when he picked up a fan's Molson or whatever the fuck they yes. drank in Canada. And, you know what I mean? It was like, he has just never taken this team seriously. And, 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 you know, there, there, there's something there about how they finally, you know, win a ring 2019. They pick up Kawhi, bronze in the West, you know, good for them. But yeah, it's, it's just, it was a team that, that I don't think any of us ever took seriously because yep. we knew they wouldn't have shit for Braun. Like I remember when who was um um Demar Carroll when they were labeling him the yes. LeBron stopper. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> are you serious, Demar Carroll? <laughs> like, no, no, come on, man. 
Which yeah, it's you 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 know good 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 for the the, the Raptors. This this might have been the best thing that ever happened to them because they cleaned house. They realized that you know they weren't going to get shit done here. You know they moved Demar for Kawhi. They brought in Nick Nurse. So you know uh, props it, to them. You know they came out better for this. It really that is a great point that this sort of led to the change that they needed to go on and do the, the incredible thing that they did themselves. The, the, the X factor I have is the exact same thing: the creation of LeBronto. What he did over this three-year period, De- DeMar DeRozan was on the Old Man in the Three podcast and talked about how I think the Cavs won games one and two against the Raptors in 16, and then the the Raptors won three and four. And DeMar talked about how at, in that moment, LeBron t- t- turned it on and mm-hmm. just closed the series, finished it in six. They go on to win one of the truly great titles ever in the NBA. And then 2017, game one, they have that Kyrie to LeBron alley-oop off the backboard that LeBron grabs with his left hand and dunks yes. it. And then this beer bottle moment. This is game one of a playoff series. And LeBron is pantomiming like he's going to drink a beer. He's goofing right. off in the middle that, of the game. That's some summer league shit that he was doing. It really <laughs> is. It's a great yeah. – like that other like moment where he steals the drink from Drake, that's like an all-star weekend thing. And he's right. in a playoff series just fucking around. Yeah. It's nuts. Game four of 2017 – Braun hits a pair of left-handed jumpers during a close game and then makes fun of a guy's sneakers on the sideline. <laughs> Do you remember that? He makes fun of the dude's sneakers. He's like, you should feel bad for those you wearing those sneakers. Yes. Four-game sweep. That all happens in a four-game sweep, 2017. And then after 2017, or this is a this is post-2017, but it's a quote about the 2017 playoffs. GM David Griffin, ex-Cavaliers GM David Griffin said, quote, I watched him on the floor against Toronto tell Patrick Patterson where he was supposed to go on the play. They had called out in the uh, they had called uh, they had called out of a timeout late in the fourth quarter. He was like, no, Pat, you're supposed to stand over there and you're going to go pin down for DeMar over here. Here's DeMar DeRose talking what about what I presume is the exact same moment. I remember I don't, I don't know if I even told nobody other than my close circle. I remember it was. Um... It was a play we was trying to run, and one of our teammates forgot the play, and Bron told him the play. <laughs> like it was some crazy shit. It was some like, it was some crazy stuff. We called it a play. He was like, "What?" And Bron told him what our play was. That's that's Demar Derozan on the old man in the three pod. Yes. It's, it's, th- that's all 2017, LeBron. That's that's another thing about Bron. He legit has like a photographic memory. Legit, yeah, like he will remember shit that happened in a fucking regular season game. You know that was game thirty two in two thousand fourteen. Like he could recall you know sequences perfectly like that. And that's and that's another reason why I think Bron is is the goal. I think that he shifted the way that basketball is played in today's NBA. Um, if you look For at the sure. era that he came in, right, 2003, that was the era of the ISO ball hawks. We had AI, mm-hmm. we had Kobe, we had T-Mac, you know, guys like that. Bron came in, and he was the guy. I'm going to tell you the first play when I knew he was different, and it was first the Kings during his, um, you know, his, his first game as a rookie. Fast break, just him all by himself, you know, fucking Ricky Davis is trailing. And he just, you know, hands it off to Ricky Davis as a trailer, and Ricky Davis slams it down. I was like, bro, this dude is different. Because, like I said, that was that was the era of the ball hogs. That was the era of the guys who were chucking it. You know what I mean? And I think Bron, Bron kind of ushered in the era of of the Swiss Army Knife player. You know, like like going back to what I said about Pip, like a guy who can facilitate, who can defend, who can, you know, score, who can pass. Like, that's what you want 
from your franchise, you know, um, um, corner piece to, in, in today's NBA. And I think Bron played a huge part in that. Here, getting the chance to listen to you talk about LeBron is a real treat. I really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate 20, it. 2018, no Kyrie. Game two, Mark Jones coins the term LeBronto. And that's the end of the third quarter of play. Cleveland outscored Toronto by 13. We'll be back to LeBronto for the fourth oh, quarter after this. <laughs> that's Mark yeah. Jones wrote that down. He's been waiting for it. And he uses a game two, 43-14-8 for LeBron. Those six fourth-quarter fadeaways. And that is after that game, after that six fourth-quarter fadeaway game. Shannon Sharp wears the goat mask on, on FS1 oh, for the first oh, time. Yeah. I, wow, what an iconic 24 hours for the LeBron stand-up. And, 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 and shouts, you know, while we're talking Shannon Sharp, shouts to that man for, for willing to take on the whole Grizzly squad in the name of LeBron. That was a great moment for LeBron stands. That man is our King Leonidas right now, dog. Like, he was willing to take on an army of millions in the name of LeBron, man. Shouts to Shannon. Uh, Dragonfly, I see our time is running out. It's almost time for America's favorite podcast segment. With respect to Jenkins and Jones, it's called <laughs> More Important. Dragonfly Jones, the legend. Do you know the podcast segment More Important? You can answer honestly. I do not. Hit, hit me perfect. to it. Perfect. It perfect. 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 No. <laughs> perfect. Here we go. Dragonfly, you're phenomenal on Twitter. The best to ever do it. But that site has All always right. been an absolute garbage-filled cesspool. And with its recent new management, it's somehow gotten worse. Famous racists, famous misogynists, <laughs> coming back to the platform in droves, the hate speech at an all-time high, isn't your continued use of the platform a tacit cosign on all of the horrible language and behavior on that app? No. Um, because oh, I'm so sorry, Dragonfly. Nobody gives a shit about your answer to that question because it's time for something more important. The music's playing, the timer's ticking down. Dragonfly, these questions are all way more important than any of the bullshit you were just talking about. Yeah. And your answers to these questions will define who you are as a person on this planet. Are you ready for more important? Yes, let's get it. What is your favorite bagel? My favorite bagel. Um, <laughs> it just has to be a straight up bagel, like nothing on it. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I love. I, he's clearly dazed by this question. Uh, you can tell me anything you want. You can say this kind of bagel with this kind of with this kind of cream cheese, whatever you want. Whatever is your favorite bagel. Oh, oh, bro, a, a plain bagel with some, you know, that's toasted with some butter and some, and just a shitload of bacon on it. That's that's the best. <laughs> I'm making bacon and butter on a bit. That is so unhealthy. Bro, Fantastic. It's so fucking, and it's so delicious. <laughs> the next question, who is the better passer, Tyrese Halliburton or Nikola Jokic? Oh, Jokic. Wow. Jokic. No wow, question. I like it. Uh, you're building a team for the future. You must choose one of the following two players for the future. Building your own franchise, the Dragonfly Joneses. Luka Doncic or John Moran? Luca, Luca is—he—he's top five already. I mean, not all time, but in 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 the twenty twenty three league, he's a top five player, no question. You have to win one game tonight. Who are you taking? One game. You got to win one tonight's game. Who are you taking? Shea Gilgis Alexander, 
or Paul George. Shay. We need to oh. we need to talk we need to talk about how how the Clippers <laughs> might have lost the fuck out of that trade, right? And oh my and, God. and and it's 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 I'm not, you know, piling on the Clippers because you make that trade a million times out of a million times you can get yes. Paul George and Kawhi yes. in fucking 2018. Yep. Of course, of yep. course. But, bro, the picks that they got, Shea Gilly looking like the best player out of all those three in 2023. You know, God the fact that they, they might still have an outside shot at Wimby. Like, they got Chet, who's coming off the, you know, who's going to be out here next season. Bro, bro, they, they might have won that trade, but we'll see. <laughs> Uh, Dragonfly Jones, what is your favorite fast food? And it must be fast food. It can't be fast casual. It's got to be fast food. I will decide if it's fast food. What's your favorite fast food? Cookout, which is a very regional oh, yes, southern thing. Yes, of course. Thing. You've yes, had yes, cookout? Yes, yes oh, I yeah. have. Yeah, Best fast food place. Yes. yes. I came highly recommended. I really enjoyed it. Cookout, fantastic. Everybody eat cookout. We're talking sports. You're a comedian. Who's the funniest athlete of all time? I'll say this. I don't know about all time, but Aunt Edwards the potential that that young man has he legit (laughs) might be the best interview in the nba right now at like 22 years old right like he's really good yeah the sky's the limit for that kid every time he's behind a mic it's cold every fucking time he's a blast you know who else i really love in an nba interview who is very funny almost always og anunoby (laughs) he really is that wasn't even me just playing it again which of course i want to play it again but he really is so funny and charming and endearing. I really Bro, love OG. The, the, the Scarf Wars, him and Surge had classic. Classic. <laughs> that, that is fucking Abbott and Costello in 2023 shit, it's bro. It's so good. We're 100% doing an episode on that coming up. Uh, last question, more important. What is your favorite comedy thing? It can, be a, it can be a TV show. It can be a movie. It can be a sketch from a sketch show. Whatever you want, it must be your – what is your favorite comedy thing? favorite comedy thing it would it would for sure be a a quote from Chappelle show right the, the question yes. is which Chappelle show quote would it be i think that is <laughs> i don't know if there's any singular show that has like you know just impacted so yes. much you know of, of so you know, long right 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 for so long for it's it's it came out 20 years ago it had you know two great seasons just two and it is still you know so such an integral part of like you know your your um you, you know um, comedy references today. Like if if I was to say shoot the J, shoot it, everyone knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Twenty years later, right? So yeah, it was it's for sure Chappelle's show quote. But which one is like you know that's trying to pick your favorite kid, man? It, that the I do want to say that the Prince Charlie Murphy thing is so is special. The it's pe- so bro, it is, special. It is, the, it is the peak of sketch. Sketch it comedy, really is. it is. It really, it really is. is. Like Good no hyperbole. We never saw a sketch comedy ascend to those heights ever. It really, yeah, it's a fantastic answer. Uh, that's the end of more important. You did great, Dragonfly Jones. That was fantastic. Thank you, my man. Uh, the next credential is the cosign. The question is to you. Floor is yours. The mic is yours. Does LeBron James's runner against the Toronto Raptors in this game three of the playoffs? Does it belong in the first belt Hall of Fame, and why? It absolutely does. It absolutely does because. Um, I've always said this. I've said that um, 2012 to 2013, Bron is the best regular season Bron we ever saw, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 2018, Bron was the best postseason Bron we ever saw. Like 2013, mm-hmm. Bron was fucking ridiculous. I think he averaged like yep. 27, 8, 7 on like 56% from the field, like Shaq numbers and shit. Like, yep. you know, and Bron is a wing. So, um, but 2018, man. 
that postseason that Braun had, that's the best postseason we've ever seen from Braun. He had, I think he averaged um, 34, 9, and 9, had like four triple doubles, had eight 40-point games, the most of any uh, player has ever had in a single postseason. And this was like perhaps the most memorable shot of it all. And um, and uh, unfortunately, the most memorable moment is the fucking J.R. Smith brain fart in game one when when we had Braun's best finals game of his career 51 8 and 8 and there was a part of me that halfway believed that maybe sort of possibly we can you know he's got a fighting chance to get these warriors until you know jr smith just fucking went (laughs) went frank the tank or whatever the fuck he was thinking and 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 flushed that down the toilet but but yeah i i i think that you know like i said this is a shot that you have to look at in 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 its full context and in the context of how Braun was looking like food after that Pacers series where he was, you know, sweating in, in game seven. How, you know, the the this was the best Raptors um, team we've, we'd ever seen with the coach of the year, 59 wins. And it would look like Braun was right for the picking, and he swept those boys. And this is one of the shots that, you know, got him a win. So, yeah, I, I think that with all things considered, with, with, the, with the, you know, backdrop in the context here, it has to be first ballot. Uh, a great answer. A great cosign. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You're the best. For You're sure, the best. Man. Uh, I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of like underrated, uh, LeBron things in this episode. You mentioned the block on Depot and that game winning three in the playoffs as one of the underwritten, uh, underrated, uh, clutch LeBron moments. I could not agree more. I also love the idea that maybe LeBron's best game, 51, eight and eight was in a loss in a game one loss that they ended up getting absolutely dispatched in that finals. That's fantastic to think about. His best game being in a loss, and then his best play being, in my for my money, would be the block on Iguodala. Yes. All of those things being just a little off the beaten path is just so much fun and just adds to the legend of how incredible he is as an athlete. He's just amazing. What what a what a what a what a what an athlete. Uh, so lucky to have watched him. Yeah, it's it. You know, like you said, the defining play of his career is probably the Iguodala block. I think his defining go-to play is the driving kick, where you know, like I said, it it, it comes back down to how I think he, like I said, he revolutionized the game. Where you got to share the ball, you got to you know have an IQ, you got to know how to read defenses, you got to know how to make defenses pay. And the driving kick is his bread and butter, and that's the whole thing. What whenever we're talking about pieces that we need for Bron, it's like who can cash out on the driving mm-hmm. kick. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's Brian is of and is an extremely unique character. He's going to be the NBA's, you know, most um you, you, you know, highest score ever and and you know, the backbone of his play is the driving kick where, you know, That's he is crazy. making defenses pay for collapsing on him. That is you know so what I mean? So, crazy to think about. Just a unique player, man. A super unique player. The next credential is our induction speech. That's when me, Neil, I get to decide whether this moment goes into the first bell hall of fame. I'm going to take everything Dragonfly said into account. But it's my decision, mine only. LeBron James is like space. Space is too big to understand. You can't really understand space. Like you talk about planets and other moons and how far apart. You can't wrap your head in other universes and the Hubble telescope. If you start talking about space, it's within 10 minutes of talking about space, you realize... Oh, I don't really know what I'm talking about. It's too big. I don't really get it. I don't understand it. You can't understand it. It's too big. It's too big. And that's LeBron James's career. It's too massive. It's too important. It's too big to understand. 
in researching for this episode, I was just poking through LeBron against Toronto stats. And I saw one that was 35 points, 17 assists, zero turnovers. That's insane. That's crazy. And that's just like a regular game for him. You, those numbers, you don't even – like we say 35 and 17 and zero turnovers, and we don't even really understand what we're saying because it's tied to LeBron James. But if that was like any other player, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's one of the best games of all time. But because it's LeBron, you just go, eh, it's too big. He's space. He's the universe. But there are moments of clarity, and this is one of them. When I saw this play, I thought the same thing Dragonfly thought. It's the – Strangely, the intersection between still peak athleticism LeBron of the Miami Heat in 2013 and peak mental side of LeBron. His game was completely matured. He understood everything. And it's to me, this is the intersection of those two things. I'm taking the ball the entire length of the court. I'm going to shoot a runner off the wrong leg. Absolutely perfect touch right off the right off the backboard. Game over. When I saw this play live, I thought. This is LeBron James at his best. It's the, to me that that mo- I will always think of this moment and go that was LeBron James at his absolute peak of his basketball ability. Yes. An, an absolute breathtaking play. Of course it's in the first ballot Hall of Fame. Of course. LeBron James, the Toronto Raptors, Dragonfly first Jones, congratulations. Ballot. You're all in the first ballot Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. Yeah. We made it, y'all. Now, now, get my boy some motherfucking help, please, please. <laughs> he's, he's still putting up thirty, bro, at forty-seven years old. Get that man some help. It, please get it, trade those goddamn picks. Like it's so disrespectful. Man, please, picks, Lakers. Man. I can't. I can't believe we're we're having this conversation. Uh, it's Dragonfly. It really was a treat listening to you talk about LeBron. It was so much fun. Thank you for doing it. Uh, for I sure, believe man. this is our first LeBron specific episode. I th- oh really? Think. Okay. Um, so we, I really appreciate having you on. Uh, you were Always fantastic. Good to hop on with you, man. How can people follow you? If I mean, everyone that's listening to this clearly follows you, but let's presume that there's maybe one person. How can they follow you? What can you plug? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Dragonfly Jones with a Z at the end. Find me on the Volume Network of the Jenkins and Jones podcast. We drop every Monday and Thursday. Appreciate you having me on, man. Always good to chop it up with you, bro. Of likewise, you will laugh very, very hard every episode of Jenkins and Jones. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. saying a lot to you. Uh, you guys are very funny. Uh, thanks so much for coming on again, Dragonfly. I appreciate it. For sure, man. Appreciate it, bro. That's it. That's the show. My endless thanks to Mr. Dragonfly Jones, DFJZ forever. Always a blast to talk to that man. Thanks to Jessica for producing the show. Thanks to Rob Bob for editing it. Rhythm J makes the show's theme song and all the beats on our show. Follow him on social at Rhythm J. Our shout out today goes to young existential crisis, Mr. Paul Castillo. He was there when we looked for help on Twitter, and I appreciate him listening to the show and giving us a chance. You can help too. Please subscribe, rate us and review us, and make sure you come back next week for more First Ballot. OG Anunabee.